When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to our brand new Geekscape special. <coughs> this is Jonathan London, your host, and every week I like to sit down with someone and talk about stories. Sometimes they're filmmakers, sometimes they're musicians, maybe they're actors, or maybe they're working in comic books or video games. And that's what Geekscape's been for the last, uh, I think this is 13 years. Um, but I started Geekscape sitting down with my good friend Ian Kerner, just talking as fans. And so whenever a big event happens in geekdom, like this new Avengers movie, I like to sit down with Ian and take it apart and dissect it. And that's what we're going to be doing over the course of the next hour or so. So this is the Geekscape Avengers Endgame special. There will be lots of spoilers. This is your warning. If you've not seen Avengers Endgame, don't get spoiled from a podcast, (laughs) please. This movie deserves fresh eyes and it deserves you coming in and, and experiencing all the cool twists and turns and surprises for yourself. Um, and uh, that's the warning. So, Geekscapist, strap in, find yourself something to drink. Maybe you're sitting in your morning drive. Regardless of where you're at, I'm glad you're listening to us. And let's just get started because there's a lot to get through. This is the Geekscape Avengers Endgame special. Ian, this fucking movie is so bad. <laughs> just kidding. Geekscapist Ian just gave me a come again look. <laughs> <laughs> Last night we were coming out of the theater and Ian said, so do we talk about whether or not we liked it or uh, what we felt or do we just save that for the podcast tomorrow? And I said, let's save it for the podcast tomorrow. To which I was like, I'm just going to tell Ian I hated it. Well, remember, we, we <laughs> back in the days when you first started this, the, uh, the rule was we would literally, we always had to go together, <laughs> but we couldn't discuss it. So yeah. it was this weird rule we made. We would sit next to each other in a movie and, and just not say a word. And I, I think the, the, the one time that we, we couldn't help ourselves was the spirit because we were fully Mystery Science 3000 in that movie. Oh, the, the misery was palpable on that yeah. one. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, yeah, shout out to FJ. For What's up, FJ? So anyway, um, yeah, uh, let's just talk about, I mean, the build up to this movie, 
I, you know, would have been a lot of movies we've been very excited about, but this thing, like the way they left us in Infinity War, you just knew, you knew you were going to this movie and it was just going to affect you deeply and emotionally. And to just start off saying it definitely did that. Yeah. The movie hits the emotional point so well. Um, you were just saying actually before you started recording and, you know, I have never agreed with you. I know you didn't love the first Avengers, but, but the point you made is very valid, which is that what the Russo brothers have done in these last two Avengers versus what Whedon did in the first two. I mean, emotionally, these movies just work so well, you know? Um, you know, the general complaint, that, and, and my fiance actually says this, you know, she's recently you know, sat and we watched all the Marvel movies. She caught up, she'd seen a few before. But um, generally, like, you know, the bigger ones, the Avengers ones, and once it breaks down to big battles and a lot of pixels and all that, they tend to lose her a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she likes them and follows them, but she thinks they just drag a bit. But, but the character stuff is what she really likes about them. And movies. that was my criticism of the Russo's first Marvel film, Winter Soldier, is that the fight sequences are awesome, but you take the fight sequences away, and it didn't do a whole lot for me emotionally. And you had. I describe that. Well, well, you had weird stuff like Cap hiding uh, an important thumb drive in a soda machine and then expecting it still to be there and stuff like that. Where I'm like, eh. Yeah. That stuff's I mean, not working for me. And so I've been critical of the Russos since, mm-hmm. and they have never failed me. I mean, I think Civil War was such, a, such an awesome movie, and then these last two Avengers movies are what I want from a Marvel movie. Um, and so Endgame, I agree with you. Going into Endgame, this thing is a cultural event. You have the memes of Avenging the Fallen. You have the uh, memes of whatever it takes. you got all that stuff going up, and this was just such a... I mean, this thing just built itself to such a, a a level that when we pulled into the parking space over there at the ArcLight, mm-hmm. every level just read full. Yeah. Every single level just oh, said full. It's playing, I mean, the, the numbers today, you know, we're, we're recording this on opening day, actually. We, we went Thursday night to the preview, so, so it's now Friday, and the move's officially open, and um, it's already shattering records yeah it'd be last uh, the um not the last jedi it'd be force awakens the force awakens 57 million it, it, with 60 it, it, million yeah, single it, day. It, it beat it's thursday yeah. it's already beating they know it's beating friday they know definitively at this point it's going to break 300 million domestic over the weekend and there's probably a pretty good shot that by monday it's already a billion dollars worldwide and i think the only empty seats in that theater yesterday were next to me because i guess whoever bought those tickets didn't show up because Every screen in the yeah, arc light, yeah. every they, screen they in the arc light was, was, yeah. was Endgame. They were all sold out. Flashing sold out in every single screen. Mm-hmm. So, Ian, is the movie that good? <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, yeah. look, you know, we're, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going we're gonna to talk about some, some things that maybe maybe are confusing, maybe don't work. But overall, the movie is epic. It's fantastic. It's satisfying in so many levels I cried several times mm. shit I mean the movie opens up before the credits you have Hawkeye with his family I'm already tearing up and I knew exactly what's going to happen there's yeah. no question from the trailers and everything else about him as Ronan that he was you losing his family doesn't matter you know it's coming it was cause they staged it so well yeah you have Hawkeye sitting there teaching his daughter how to fire a bow and arrow and and she hits the bullseye. My only criticism of that scene is the you know for someone who is so acutely aware of things in order to hit hit them with a pinpoint accuracy, 
his family disappears both times while he has his back turned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, wait a minute, buddy. But you know what? He's Hawkeye. He's letting his guard down. He's with family. He has the tra the, uh, the the home security, the tracker on his ankle from the problem in Germany mm -hmm. in Civil War. So like Scott Lang, he's on house arrest. Mm -hmm. And you just have this really nice scene. And yes, the second you see it, he's with his family. You know what's coming, and it's gonna be pretty emotional. It's gonna be, it's gonna wreck him. And um, what I love about this movie, and we will talk about the first fifteen minutes, just because uh, I thought they were incredibly ballsy. Um, the Russos, what I like about them is that they're not really uh, interested in keeping the status quo. They're not doing that thing that comic books do so well, which is keep a second act going infinitely they want to break things they want to challenge things they are taking like narrative risks that are incredibly bold and there are lots of them in this movie mm -hmm. and you know what they kill thanos in the first 10 minutes of yeah. the film yeah like definitively kill him cut his arm off cut his head off yeah thanos dies in the first 10 and, minutes and, and, of and it's the great call out you know thor Boom, takes his head right off, went for the head. Mid conversation. It's, it's literally the, as much as we as fans are going, oh, Thor, you screwed up. Thor was going, I screwed up. Mm -hmm. I'm not making that mistake again. And they kill Thanos in the first 10 minutes of this movie. And it's... It's the great imagery that we'd already seen of, of his, um, you know, him living that farmer life with his armor you know, on the cross, which is a comic book image. But we also discover that he has used the stones to destroy the stones. Mm -hmm. So in the modern MCU, where half of all of existence, uh, all the living creatures in, the, um, in existence have been wiped out, you now find yourself without Infinity Stones. You can't redo it. You can't use the stones to bring them back. There are no Infinity Stones still here. And Thanos has used the stones and he's been scarred because of it he's been injured by the by using the stones um to to remove them from the playing field now that he's got what he wants and they kill him and then they find themselves without an option of getting infinity stones and it's really bold and what i loved even more than them killing thanos in the first 15 minutes which i thought was a really ballsy holy shit where do you go from here move because you can literally go anywhere from there is you cut to black and it says five years later. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really got interested in the movie. The movie is already really interesting <laughs> because yeah. of the killing well, of Thanos. Well, now, now they've stepped into this dystopian world of, you know, of the, it, the thing is, is it's the consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And I think something they've done a pretty good job of in the Marvel movies, and they really call it out in Civil War, which is look at everything that's been happening since you know the battle of new york sokovia you know all these big things are happening and it affects the world it affects mm -hmm. you know it's always been a tricky thing with the comics right because you know um particularly with marvel where marvel seems to present this world that is for the most part it's the real world but you also have the superheroes happening in it and uh, i don't know if you're reading um spider-man life story if not, you oh, should be. You know but, what? Um, that is one that I made a point to. It's Spider-Man happening in real time, decade by decade. Yeah. But, starting and, in the 60s. I, I made a point to, to put that in my pull list. I just okay, you should read that. Because um, it actually, the, there's a big debate in there and Reed Richards is in it about giving technology and all those things and this whole notion of how it affects things. One of the things I thought that Whedon did really well in the first Avengers was he built in an explanation why all of this super technology can't be used by everyone else because it's about the power sources. Right. So if you don't have the right power source and it's all Tesseract derived, then it doesn't work. 
you know? So I thought that was clever. But still, there, there's ramifications for these beings doing these things, wiping out cities, alien invasions, all that. It can't just be the world just goes on like normal. Well, now here, yeah, half the population is wiped out, and it's five years later. Which is, there's no professional which is very, baseball. By the way, which is very different yeah. than when it happened in the comics and Infinity Gauntlet. It's quick. It's turned back within days, yeah. you know? And, you know, and there's some comments where people go, oh, you know, people remember, oh, they, they kind of just forget about it, you know? But right. no, this is five years, and, and the world goes on, and, but the world doesn't go on in a great way. Um, well, not for everybody. I mean, you do have, like, part, portions, major portions of the cities are derelict. You have mm-hmm. no baseball. <laughs> you, you know, there's that, I think that's one of the Russo brothers in that scene where the support group yes, with is. Cap, and he's talking about trying to date again, and he's talking yeah. about how he misses the Mets, and it's Jim really... Jim Starlin's also in that scene. And Jim Starlin's in that scene. It is pretty, it's a, it's a pretty awesome... Uh, sequence because not everyone is hating this new world, especially Tony, who's had a daughter. And so when Scott, who's only been gone five well, minutes, well, let's talk about that for a second. Like so, when he comes back, he wants to no, he let, wants let, to put together the, the the time heist to get the stones yes, out of time. Yes, yes. Let, let, Tony's let, not up for that plan because let, let, he's got something to lose. Well, let's talk about that. Tony Stark stuck out at the end of Infinity War out in space. They do a great job with the CGI of making him look gaunt and, you know, a mess. Well, he's about he, to die. Yeah, he's with Nebula. Um, wonderful moment. We, we all knew it was going to happen. Captain Marvel shows up and saves him and brings him back. Um, when you talk about Tony having a yeah, great life, yes, it's partly because of, but, but let's think about this. Is Tony went through this thing. Right before he went, he was talking about having kids. Mm-hmm. This is what he wants. And so I think it, it makes sense. Pepper's alive, he embraces it. Yeah. You know, he embraces life. He's learned his lessons over the course, starting back in the first Iron Man, of him becoming this adult, this, the person with, with what people would call adult the right priorities, you know? I mean, yes, obviously, saving trillions of sentient beings should be the priority, but, you know, but generally, yes, a, a man's life should be about his family and taking care of them, you know, and, and you know, cherishing them and all that. So, you know, we, we see... A, a mature Tony Stark, you know? Um, he's not accepting it. He's worried about it. But, of course, he still, and, you know, he still has to, his brain, he has to tinker. He has to see if he can do it, and he figures it out. But he, right? he has but, things that he, yes, that initially, this plan will put into jeopardy. Yeah, and initially he doesn't want to do it. Right. He's afraid of letting the genie out of that box. Then you meet a couple of the other Avengers and the changes they've gone through for five yeah. years. Well, well, you the re- you Thor re- one. Well, wait, 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 one second. You, re- you referenced you reference that uh, counseling session. So that's Captain America running that counseling session, right. which is interesting in itself. And right away in that session, Cap makes a statement that you know you could argue you know going back uh, to Civil War, it was going the other way. You know that you he was trying to move on with his life, but he can't get over Peggy. He's a man out of time. Sure. He's been trying to do his best, but he's not over it. Right. He's never going to be over it. And that's okay. And now you've got someone who's also not over it. you got Thor, who fucked up. Yes. And has turned himself into the Big Lebowski. So, New Asgard. Uh, it's interesting. It's Tornsberg, Norway. Mm-hmm. Which is where Odin fought the Frost Giants in the first Thor in the beginning. Um, it's also where the Tesseract was hidden at the beginning of Captain America First Avenger. And 
we know that Odin actually dies in Norway, so presumably there too. So it's kind of it's an interesting thing. This is a, a key point, a key mm-hmm. place, seemingly for the Asgardians. But you start answering questions right off the bat when Rocket and Hulk go to start recruiting, and they go to New Asgard. Mm-hmm. You like right off the bat, you see Valkyrie, and then you know I was elated by this. You see Korg, Korg and Meek. Awesome. Fucking the second you see them, and they're all roommates with Fat Lebowski Thor. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite portions of. I mean, just that's I could so I could watch Meek trying to eat pizza for an entire hour. Yeah. Just seeing him with his little hands trying to grab yeah, a awesome. pizza and eat it. I mean, I was howling during that. I know there's some people who are like, "Fuck, Fortnite's in our Avengers movie. I don't want Fortnite in my Avengers movie." Well, who cares? Who cares? Too bad. It's funny. It's yeah. really funny. The Russo brothers like Fortnite. And um, in seeing Thor let himself go. It was great, and he's not going to snap his fingers and come back as old school Thor. This is a Thor that is completely haunted and has major doubts. Yeah. And, and probably should not be leader of Asgard, as we learn later. I did skip one of the major revelations. Well, what we actually learn is he isn't. I mean, he's maybe not. he is, but he yeah. hasn't been. Yeah, and, and, and he's about to accept that. What mm-hmm. it, we did skip the major one, which is Banner and Hulk. Have moved Professor into Hulk. Yeah, they are now Professor Hulk. Well, so so here's the thing, you know, um, and that's out always, of the comics. It, yeah, it was yeah. it was an, always an interesting thing, you know, for I think all of us Hulk fans that they weren't doing other Hulk movies, but they've made it very clear that they've managed, you know, between the Avengers movies and Ragnarok, to evolve Hulk, you know, in, in this really great way, and he flat out says it. It's fully they get all the way to integration. Yeah. You know, integration was how Peter David put it back in Incredible Hulk 377. You know, that he was moving more and more towards it and realized that it was we different parts of the same person, you know, and, and got it together. And, and it's awesome. I mean, even down to, like, the whole, oh, you know, with the kids and posing with them and all Were that. Were those the Russo brothers' kids? Um, no. The, um, the kids who take a selfie Hawkeye's daughter is one of the Russo brothers' kids. Okay. All right. Um... Yeah, the new, I mean, first off, I love Paul Rudd. I love Scott Lang. I love that Scott Lang is the linchpin for so much of this stuff happening. And there's a great sequence when Scott, thanks to a very heroic rat scampering through the van that was the time machine from the Ant-Man 2, um, Scott has one of the most horrifying sequences in the entire thing. Like, he's only been gone five minutes. He shows up and half the population of Earth is gone. He's completely freaking out. He goes to the memorial, sees his name on it. He's been accepted as dead. He's got a priority. He gets to his daughter. His daughter's five years older. Yeah, and he runs to his daughter. He runs to his daughter. She's five years older. And and that, by the way, is a great thing. You know, for fans that know in the comics, Cassie, you know, started out young and ultimately is a teenager and actually becomes stature. Right. So, you know, that, that's a nice, interesting setup. I mean, I'm sure we're getting a third Ant-Man, mm-hmm. you know, and at this point, yeah, it's a great way to have aged her quickly and enable them to now do that with her. And so, Scott now is, we need Tony to crack the code, and it's hilarious that when Tony says he's not going to crack the code, and so they go to Banner to try and crack the code, mm-hmm. of time traveling through the quantum realm, and Banner's attempts to time travel are fucking hysterical. hilarious. Hysterical. Because you didn't travel through time, time traveled through you, and you see multiple versions yeah, of Scott. No, so funny, ages. so yeah. funny. Um, and that's the thing; these movies um, they do a great job. Because I mean, it 
the setup here is dark, of course, mm -hmm. but they managed to balance some really dark moments with, with this, this great, this trademark humor. You know, it, it's quippy, it's funny, it's fun. Early on, here's one of my first reservations, and it goes back to a character that I don't think has been sufficiently given their due. Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel shows up to save people in this movie. Um, and one Captain thing that Marvel, me. Well, here's, here's where I think it's really clear is you have this mission to go kill Thanos in the first 15 minutes of the movie. On the, on the, on the jet, on the... Wait, even before thing, that, we well, have the shot at the end of Captain Marvel where she shows up, what's that about Nick Fury? We literally have that shot. There's no Nick Fury. And there's, there's not there's, even... We, we don't have that exchange. Even from the... You don't even get the beeper sequence from the trailers. Or from the revealed scenes where the beeper, you know, they're I, studying the beeper. Yeah. Well, you don't really need it. Li well, literally, we could presume that the beeper is why she came across Tony. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to reference that we could presume that. But literally, the whole thing, she shows up, the Avengers are talking, she walks in, you know, where's Nick Fury? You know, what happened? Like, that, I mean, we know that deleted scenes happen, but that, that one frustrated me. I've never seen them delete a scene that they actually put at the end of the movie that came out, you know, seven weeks before. Yeah. I mean, that, I was like, what? Yeah, so... I, I felt like that was important. It feels like what we're missing in Endgame is Captain Marvel comes to answer the text from Fury, meets the Avengers, gets the update, goes out... Goes comes and then goes back... Get, goes out and get, saves Tony... Time? Goes out and saves Tony, yeah. and then shows up because the Avengers are who is answering her questions. Right. She, she comes. You remember in that in that deleted scene, that beeper goes off. Right. And st just stops working, and then they look up, and Captain Marvel's there, and then yeah, it's a whole scene. You would see, you know, and she goes off and saves Tony. We're guessing. Um, she even in Captain Marvel, she's not given much to do, and her power seems to be just overpowering things, or being. Almost a Deus Ex Machina in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. and it's frustrating because we we still don't know what she cares about. And she talks about all these other planets and places that have problems, and she is the Avengers to all of them, and this and that. And yes, we get it. But in that scene where they're on the, it's not a Quinjet, maybe it's a Quinjet, but they're going to the planet to 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 get Thanos and kill him in the first ten minutes. There's a really distinct scene where she's in the jet with Cap and and um, Natasha, and Cap is looking at Peggy's photo. And I said, if we just, I just said, if we get one beat like this right. with Carol Danvers, it it'll change so much. Like mm -hmm. she's not given beats like that. Well, listen, then that, that, that I'm not going to blame this movie, which was shot before Captain Marvel, sure. for that. It brings us back to the Captain Marvel review, which that movie should have been great and was only good. It, you know, I, I thought that they they lost those human beats, and you're looking at this movie to fix that. We and just it don't. Yeah, we just don't yeah. have a lot of emotional yeah, insight. It, it doesn't. It at all. I agree. I agree. And you know, and and one thing I want to say, you know, when we jump ahead and she has the iconic short haircut, um, and I have to say this, reading the comics a year has never once did this ever pop into my head. You know, um, because in the comics she just definitively isn't. But my feeling coming away from the, the Captain Marvel movie that I thought I thought that she was gay, you know, and then she and she gets that haircut, which is kind of an iconic, you know, lesbian Life's, haircut. Yeah, lesbian. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, I mean, is there really any doubt here? And like, why can't they just 
say it, you know? Yeah. I guess they're going to save it for the next movie, but, you know, and it doesn't matter. It it's doesn't just like, matter. honestly, I was just bothered that they didn't do it. I want choices to be made with that character yeah, one yeah. way or another. It doesn't, and it feels well, like... Well, I feel there's subtext yeah. in Captain Marvel, you know, and why not just make it text? But, I mean, you know, so the argument can be made because it doesn't matter, you know? Of course. And, and I, I, see, I see that point. But I want to know what she cares about. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's all I want. That's well, that, all I've wanted that, to do that, with these that, movies. That, that, that's part of where I'm going with that because when you know that, you see she has a relationship, you see what she cares about. Um, the argument can be made, though, that when she's getting given grief, it's like she cares about she's protecting, you know, there's a whole you know universe out there. You know, and, and this is happening on all these other planets. She's out there. Right, I, but I if, if, like, Jude, if Jude Law's Cree character is all about the removal of emotion, the removal of those things, and she is counter to that, we need to see it. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, let's talk about something that I thought was really interesting. They have um, Natasha running, um, you know, sort of like she's the the um, focal point for. Basically, it's that Avengers, that Galactic Avengers thing yeah, that H- we had a Hickman's, few years back. Hickman, yeah, exactly. Avengers, yeah, um, I which I was, loved. Yeah, but that, that was that was a kind of a really cool thing. The idea of that and she gets, having that. She gets emails from Morocco, mm-hmm. and now you've got. Captain Marvel in the spaceways. You've got Rocket monitoring things. You've got you've got Rhodey kind of looking out for Earth, and uh, and so now Nikoye. Nikoye, I mean, they've got the Avengers unlocked, but there's something that's quite a problem for Natasha, which is Clint is clearly out there putting up a body count mm-hmm. in like a huge rage, and I loved their relationship, especially because it culminates on Volmir in a horrible way. Yeah. Um, Stuff in this movie, you know, the snap of the finger stuff that you know is going to come later in the movie uh, where we pull, start, start I, saving some of these. I did not go into this movie. I absolutely did not expect Natasha. Y- yeah, no. The, like, we all expected Cap. Right. Didn't get it. But but the second they were going to Vormir, I knew. Yeah, the second they go to Vormir, I knew. Well, I and knew, I knew it would be Natasha, not Clint. Well, because Clint has a family. Right. But when Clint trips up Natasha and starts diving it for it I'm like I mean that back and forth the dosi does on who's going to kill each other or great. kill themselves was awesome um, why did you why did they send such like why did they send the two people without powers to freaking Vormir <laughs> because you didn't need powers to get the stone <laughs> you just needed sacrifice That's you didn't it. have to fight anybody but they didn't right? they did not know that a sacrifice was going to be they did not know that a sacrifice was, was what was warranted to get that stone. They did not know that. They yeah, did I guess not, they, they don't did know not. that, do they? So no, I'm watching them no fight a Vormir, and I'm like, wait, why did they send these two to Vormir? Like, this is not, this this is a power well, set. They, they, don't they know that, that Thanos had to sacrifice his daughter because Nebula told them that? If that's true, yeah. Yeah, Nebula told them that, but I don't know. I, I thought that they went into it knowing, and they both thought that, Oh, I totally it. would have brought a third person. If somebody told me, hey, you're going to have to sacrifice... No, because it has to, it has to, it has to, it's about love and, and caring. You know, I so know, no, I'm being work. silly. Yeah, I know, but no, 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 they did know. They did know. <laughs> I would have brought that kid so, from Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah, well, wouldn't have meant anything to, him, to them, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that scene was really powerful. Um, we, we did jump ahead a little bit. You We're know, jumping we, around we, now. We, We're yeah, in the time we, we, heist. We, we don't about, have to yeah. be in the time heist. So, so, well, well, the setup for the time heist, where we were, what we were discussing was, you know, it's kind of a great, satisfying thing. Tony comes around. He decides he has to do it. Um, it's a great moment. You, ha- you had the, clearly, when Cap and uh, Ant-Man come to him, he's not over Civil War. You know, um, he wasn't over it at the beginning of the movie when he freaks out on them. Um, but now he, he's figured out how to do it and he comes and it, it's a great 
moment where they all talk and, and they decide they're doing this, right? Um, so, the time travel. And we're going to talk about the time travel a lot as we go through the rest of the movie. Um, because the time travel is something that I'm still... I mean, we're going we're gonna to get into this, but I have a lot of problems with, right? Um, I like that they built into the movie. Oh, first of all, let's say that the whole conversation with Professor Hulk, you know, you know, and Hawkeye and Ant Man and talking about all the movies and the references was so funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it when I see the movie again because that's when I took my restroom break, and I and, it, and it's I know what it was and I know it was hilarious. You went to the restroom. I went to the restroom during this movie. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know you. <laughs> Other than me being human and having a finite, <laughs> a finite amount of storage in I my body, I didn't even think about going to the restroom. <laughs> well, let me tell you that the, the stepping out of that theater, the floor was a lot more sticky than it was when I walked in. Yeah, so something okay. happened. Anyway, well, <laughs> Some, I, I, somebody I was releasing stuff in that theater. Anyway, it sounded like so, half the audience was orgasming throughout the movie. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, you, you definitely pay attention to that scene. It, it's just it's a very funny scene. It's fun. That's right, Geekscape. Um, who wants to go see Endgame again? So you know, so they go back in time. Their plan is they're going to grab the stones. They know where they're going to be based on the other movies. Because how do you figure out where they are? Well, we know where they are. We've been right? there. Um, New York during the first Avengers makes so much sense because that's when they know where there's three of them. Sure. Um, which I think was great and clever. And I loved the exchange between the Ancient One and well, Bruce. I, I was going to bring that up because that's important. Because if there is an explanation for how this movie works, it's mostly there. Right. The Ancient One states that the Infinity Stones pretty much anchor reality. Uh, so Removing them is a big problem. Removing them is a big problem. But if you put them back, they're going to anchor things in the timeline again, so it'll snap everything back together. Sorry about the sirens, geeks. You know, essentially, right? If they go back, whatever timey-wimey stuff is supposedly going to be fixed. I'm struggling with whether or not that's true, mostly because, um, because of the problem that happens. Because Loki takes the Tesseract when they screw up in 2012, and they go back to 1970. Cap returning the Tesseract to 1970 doesn't change Loki taking it in 2012. Right. You know? So that's one of my really big problems. Uh, agreed. I kept waiting for Loki to find a way to team up with Thanos or throw another wrinkle in the plan because he has a Tesseract. Right. And he still has a Tesseract because of that sequence. But how fucking awesome was it to see Robert Redford and show up? I, Some of I these was cameos, so did not expect that. The cameos were, th- that was for me one of the biggest ones. I, that was I awesome. never saw that coming. That was awesome. It was so awesome. Seeing Th- Crossbones again. Yeah, seeing Crossbones and Sitwell. And seeing Natalie it, Portman again. Yeah, well wait. When, talk about fan service. When they pretty much completely restage the elevator scene in Winter Soldier, which is one of the best scenes yeah. ever. That one's pretty right? awesome. And, instead, and you're literally sitting there thinking they're about to do the whole thing again, and he leans in and says, Hail Hydra, which is, you know, for listeners, you know, I think a lot of people would probably know, even if you don't read comic books, that in the last few years they did a giant storyline where there was a, you know, cap was changed by the Cosmic Cube, which is kind of the Tesseract but different. And um, more or less it's like having an Infinity Gauntlet. And was basically the secret Hydra agent, which is essentially what they did with the whole idea that there was secret Hydra. So 
it was that was such, such a great call out. I love that you're setting it up. You think that they're going to have it all out in this elevator again, and Cap just fixes it by saying "Hail Hydra" in somebody's ear, and like then it's done. Yeah, well, but what, it leads what, what, to what about the Cap first Cap fight? That's what I'm saying. It led to one of the best sequences, which is a Cap versus Cap fight, which can go all balls out. It can be the fight you want. It was the fight you want. And they ended on a great joke. Yeah. Well, even just all the... I, I could do this all day. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so yeah. funny. Guys, this movie... Especially and the way it gets you, him, you get the Bucky call out. And you, you know? really get into it uh, in these sequences. This movie, above all else, is the greatest love letter to the last 12 years of these yeah. movies. Yeah. It is a... I mean, it... It even it even goes in and starts redeeming portions of movies that you may not have loved, like Thor: To Dark World. Mm-hmm. You realize how important that movie was. It's very important. It's really important, and you start to, I mean, you start to play around with these movies that maybe you really care. Right? Thor's care. talking about his mother, and then you get there, and there she is. It's like, oh, you feel it. Mm-hmm. I, the the one surprise for me because they went so deep deep into the well with the cameos that they didn't do Odin. Or Heimdall. Sure. Right? I wanted to see Heimdall, of course. Um, this the, Beyond just a love letter, the fun that they have with their own universe is yes. incredible. And it was just checking the boxes of everything you loved about it. What a great way to revisit all those movies. Yeah. Sorry if you sat through the 56-hour 50, um, you know, marathon of every Marvel movie, but... We have a lot of that in this so very way, film, and uh, it was awesome. So apparently, so the Natalie Portman scenes, they took extra scenes that they had from Dark World, but she did actually record, you know, new um, ADR, new voiceover work. Okay. So she was technically in the movie in that sense. Yeah. Extra as, as, you know, and she's in the credits at the end. Yeah, and yeah. as Renee yeah, Russo I, obviously did a, a whole bunch Right, of but I just there. remembered that not being a relationship that, Everybody was happy that Natalie that they were happy about because the directing choices and this and that. Was, I don't know anything really beyond that. The fact that Natalie wasn't then in Thor three and things were a little contentious. Well, whatever it was, whatever it was, doesn't matter. But the bottom line is that yeah. she was an important character of the story, and they absolutely, call out, and, and and they do they really call it out even. Thor being the mess that he is is clearly has insecurities about that relationship ending. Which, when, when that comes up on the screen and he starts going off about her yeah. and you see Hulk being like, dude, enough. Like, yeah, this it's is so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they found a way for Jane Foster not just to disappear from the Marvel And by universe. the way, can, can we just say, I mean, even Hemsworth, who, you know, in this character has been like, yeah, he's literally a god and so fit and all that. And... You know, when when you get to Fat Thor, I really felt like, all right, they'll do this for a bit, and then they'll fix it. Like, they don't fix it. They leave him with that scraggly beard. They don't fix you know, his and eye. They keep him they fat. You know, the whole thing. Like, you know, and then and he's this insecure mess. Like, it's really great. And he fights Thanos as that character. Yeah, he's still he's still Thor. He's still he's, he's still worthy. Him, you know, yeah. But man, is it a mess? I mean, I. He he is a highlight of this movie for sure. Oh yeah, I thought that rocket was a fantastic Rocket's highlight. Fantastic! I love the well, fact. Well, that here's the other interesting thing about the movie. Well, you know? Tell me, sir. And and, and <laughs> both both Rocket and, and Nebula. I mean, Nebula. Wow, what a big role she has in this totally. movie. She's you know yeah. Uh, you know, one of my big problems with Guardians Two was I felt that Guardians Two should have been a bigger setup for for these movies. You know, at least like because there's not much Thanos in it. But actually, Guardians 2 is so important for Nebula. 
Yeah, it, it, it is. It's her it, turning it's, that corner. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that movie is such. I mean, you really see in this movie how much that movie set. Guardians these Two up. is the difference between Nebula and Guardians One, and the and the Nebula you get here. Right, where she's turned the corner. She's a good guy. Yeah, she values life. She's not Thanos's pawn. And that big problem we got in this movie is they switch, and it's. Awesome. It's awesome. But again, just like you said about Thor Dark World, it's the same thing. Guardians 2 I had some issues with, and it's like this movie elevates it. Mm-hmm. It makes it important. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much to talk about. Uh, so we got this time heist thing. Mm-hmm. So time heist. And it is such so, a celebration of the Marvel Universe. Uh, we have not talked about John Slattery. Right. So they go back. So after things go awry... Let's say in, in York, 2012, yeah. they go back to 1970. There's a lot that goes on in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we get Tony and Cap in 1970, and uh, I mean, besides the great jokes, you, know, you get the, the Stanley cameo where you see Robin Nuff said, you know, then you see a DH Stanley, you know, and that's just awesome, right? They get to Camp Lehigh, you know, they go in there, um, they get uniforms. Uh, interesting one. Cap's wearing a uniform that says Roscoe. Around that time is when they first did the whole Captain America. Steve Rogers gives up being Captain America and becomes Nomad. Mm-hmm. And they had a character named Roscoe Simmons who became Captain America for like a minute. That's awesome. Yeah. That is a freaking great Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great little one. Um, you know, you have both, you know, as the Russo brothers, they love to stick their old community actors in, in these movies. So they put Ken Jeong, you know, mm-hmm. in the uh, storage, storage unit, unit with yeah. Scott, and then they put Yvette Nicole Brown, you know, a in, in 1970. Yeah. That was great. Um, but on an emotional level, what I loved about the sequence was Tony and his father. Yes, and that's the thing, because the combination of Tony in the present slash future in 2023, um, it's 2023 because it was 2018, mm-hmm. five years later. True. Right? Um, and the one thing left over that was established pretty clearly at the beginning of Civil War, he's working on his issues with his father, you know, there's the whole thing, you know, and here it is, he gets his closure, mm-hmm. right? Tony Stark gets the ultimate form of closure of his issues with his father, and it's represented at the end, you could tell he has it, and he hugs him, you know, and I mean, that's... I, I thought that was one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. That, yeah, and you also got a, a, a bit of... That when you see Tony and his relationship with Peter, mm-hmm. and how he yeah. how he takes that picture of Peter, which is behind a picture of his father mm-hmm. in his home, and reminisces about how Peter's gone now, yeah. and um, and Peter was kind of like a son to him mm-hmm. at that point. And meanwhile, we get this incredible sequence with Cat being tipped off that they're searching for him. He hides in an office, and it's Peggy's. Mm-hmm. In that sequence with the meet with the window. With yeah. him and Peggy Carter is awesome. Yeah, it is. That was, a, I mean, him watching and not being able to just let her know that she, he's there. And it was beautiful. It was sad. Um, Peggy comes up several times in this movie. And the fact mm-hmm. that they get those actors back and they're in it. When Howard Stark calls for the car yeah. and you and, get and Jarvis, Jarvis. Yeah. And it is the human Jarvis from, from, from Peggy Agent Car- Carter. Agent Carter. Yeah. I loved that. I thought that was so freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I was cheering on that one. I, you definitely heard me cheer out loud in the theater. Um, 
that might have been one of my favorite sequences. And that's and, and the tricky thing is, Geekscape, is that that is a sequence in the middle of the movie that's a second act sequence that could easily become a slump because a character is going to, to fix a problem that they didn't create, but they got to fix it. Other characters created that problem. They got to fix it. It's an easy way in a second act to create a slump where you just have these kind of scenes the fact that we got a lot of emotional stuff well, the and great, the, the characters great moving forward in them was huge. The other great thing in that sequence, a even more de-aged Michael Douglas <laughs> as yeah. Pym and an original Ant-Man helmet. That was awesome. Yeah, panning across the desk and seeing an original Ant-Man helmet was pretty great. Right. Um, there's and of course a lot. Steve takes four vials of Pym particles because yeah. they're out of them in, in the current day. In whatever their present is, yeah. right? Their present, their future, slash future. Um, so he takes four vials. They needed two. Right. So that's a critical moment. They needed two for where, where was the math on that? To get back. Okay. The two for, of them for to get Tony back. and Scott. Yeah, for Tony and Kevin to get back. Right. Right. But he, he takes, takes four. Three, four. He takes four. Yes. And the other two being him going One back to, to reset leave it. and in theory to come back again. Right. Which he doesn't do. Which he doesn't do. Which is an incredible, beautiful ending. Right. All right, so they get back to Earth, everything's cool, but Nebula is really thrown, evil Nebula has really thrown a wrench in the plans that they are not aware of. Well, well let, 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 so still, so with the Power Stone, which we didn't really talk about, they retrieved that. It's a great, it's so funny to actually see that opening scene from Guardians, well, the second scene from Guardians where, you know, Peter's dancing all that, and they actually see someone observing it and they don't hear the music. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's so And have funny. Rhodey just be like, he's an idiot. That's so funny. This guy is you an know? idiot. But then, fine, they knock him out. You know, they take it. I think it's so clever that here she is because she's basically, you know, mostly robot, you know, and, you know, her own system lines up with her present system, you know, and, and, they, and they, they get her, they take her, you know, they do the switch. I mean, you see it coming, which is awesome, mm-hmm. you know, and so then once they go back, now they have this implanted agent, right? Um, one issue I have there is she brings them through, but they don't have pin particles. She brings Thanos and his. It seemed like they were smaller, through. so I don't know right. if I missed something there. That ship looked pretty fucking big, dude. No, but when it's first coming through, it's smaller and it seemed like it grew. I thought that was the idea. It's small and grows. So I feel like maybe there's a deleted scene or something. There's, a, there's a shot of, of Thanos holding pin particles. Oh, he, so he did have pin particles. He's okay. holding a vial of red stuff. Okay. I don't know how he got it on his ship, right. but before he's pulled through space... Well, he So Nebula had to have had enough to give it to him then. Right. Um, there's, there's definitely a shot of Thanos getting pin particles because I was like, wait, I how mean, did he w- get those? One of the problems with the whole pin particle thing is like, it's not clear how many, how much of the pin particles is enough to get whomever through, right? Sure. So, but all you needed was the GPS on the Earth side to pull somebody out through time, which is what Nebula does to pull Thanos through. But they need the pin particles right, to go into on the quantum their, realm right, right. to come through. Right. So. Um, it was, uh... So anyway, so yeah, that in, in, in awesome. the present, they decide it has to be Hulk. You know, yeah. they, they call it, it's an interesting call out that it's, it's so much of it's gamma, as if he was made for this. And there's something really important that Tony says. He says, you bring them all back to now. 
-hmm. You don't reset things to five years ago. He doesn't want to lose his daughter. Right. You bring them all now. So the Marvel Universe, when we start getting back into these movies, it's going to be a pretty janky, weird Marvel Universe. I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay. And, well, yes, but let's... Let's make this point. Let, let's save this to we, a little course, bit later. Of course, of course, you know. Um, yeah. But let's. But yes, going back, before they go, his condition is he keeps his daughter. So it's not resetting things to five years ago, which was after Infinity War. And we talked about this: is what are they going to do? Because if the movie became that they reset time and they go back, you know, they jump ahead and they go back, then it just becomes a movie that, like, okay, we did all this, and now the whole movie didn't happen. Yeah, and that always feels a little bit cheap. Yeah, a like little we, bit of we, cheat. So the thing, one of the things that we talked about a lot after Infinity War is how are they going to do this? How are they going to fix this? Obviously, we knew certain characters had to come back. You know, it couldn't be that trillions of beings were wiped out. And, you know, in the comics, it was someone else got the gauntlet and undid it. So we always kind of knew it would be that. But, you know, once we became aware that this movie was going to jump into the future, the problem was if you don't undo the, the whole thing, you know, back and go back in time, then how do you have it that, all right, it's five years later and people are suddenly, they're five years younger than the rest of the world, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's an interesting thing that they did because um, they say, they, they just embrace it. Now, this is something we could talk about a lot and, you know, it's up to you, but we can get into it right now or we can get into it later. But uh, I just um, want you to explain how when Nebula calls the ship Calls Thanos in and they fire missiles. How Ant Man's face didn't get blasted off because it looked like he uh, got killed. <laughs> I, I, and, and, and I thought what, they killed Ant Man. What, what about Ronan Hawkeye? Yeah. yeah. Did you not think? I mean, he's they're both standing like like they're right in front of it, right? And they just get nailed by missiles. Uh, I can't explain that. I will tell you one thing that I lost my mind when they're under all the rubble, and there's the Hulk holding it up, and it's pretty much Secret Wars four the cover. Mm-hmm. I. I love that sequence where Thanos comes up, shows up and is just like, you know what, I'm going to sit here and wait. Well, let me kind of say... go I, get the stone for me. And, no, it's great. And, He's literally um, just, just sitting there waiting. But, but, yeah. but, but can, can we say, I get that the whole point there was Hulk's under the rubble holding things up because it needed to be Cap, Thor, and Iron Man, the big three against mm-hmm. Thanos. I get that. Although, did we ever really see how he got the rubble off of him? Um, we see him get out from under it. I forget how, but um, I mean, Ant Man's coming. I love that he gets rid of. Uh, I love that he saves Rhodey and Rocket. Right. I love the Clint Barton sequence where he's being chased. That's and awesome. He just starts fucking them up with the different explosives and yeah. the lines. Yeah, he's cutting great. them in half. Because the one thing that you can easily argue in those uh, those first couple of Avengers movies with with Hawkeye is that he's again not the Maybe same power powers. set. Right. And here you get to see him just lethally take these people. Well, by the way, going back, the, the sword fight in was Tokyo, awesome. yeah, the sword that, fight in Tokyo is awesome. That was awesome because it's a oneer. Yeah, it's all a long one take shot, yeah. and it doesn't cut until the bad guy is holding his throat, saying, "I can give you anything," and then it cuts to Hawkeye, and Hawkeye's ain't gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of that sequence is just a long, awesome shot, and the back and forth. I'm like. Whoa! You guys really put this thing together. This mm-hmm. is an awesomely impressive scene. Um, I love where you know. I love Clint's story. I love where he they took him. I love that that I love that he was the test subject for the test for the time travel 
they took him back. He got within a moment of yes, seeing his daughter right again. right there and pulled back. I love that they started the movie on him. I love that it was heartbreaking. I love that he had so much to lose and was willing well, to sacrifice himself. Well, here's what, what's great about this movie is the, the they all have thing? arcs. They all have arcs except they Captain Marvel. Ha- they, yeah, yeah. Well, no. Well, well the, all <laughs> the original it. Avengers I know, I know. have arcs. Yeah. I mean, look. For a movie that has so many characters in it... Um, it does a pretty impressive job of giving arcs to so many. Many of these appearances are not much more than cameos. Yeah, but Valkyrie gets a huge moment at the end. She has a, well, first of all, we get to see she's alive. Not only do we get to see her, she's alive, but now she's got like the female Avengers put together on the battlefield. Okay, so, that, so A-Force. A-Force, that's right. That was awesome. Um, okay, so now you've got this fight where Hulk is holding up the building... He's trying to save people, and you got the big three fighting Thanos. Holy shit. Holy shit. When Holy it happens. shit. So let's talk about this. We got So in, in Age of Ultron, there's the great sequence where everyone's trying to pick up Mjolnir. And Cap goes, and it seems to move a bit, and Thor's all worried, and it, it's this great thing, because in the comics, Captain America is worthy he picked up Mjolnir. It did happen once. So... Thor gets into that fight, and it's just, it's awesome for us. When it starts out, like, he has both. And he's fighting Thanos, and, you know, the next thing you know, you know, Thanos is, you know, managing to, to fight him back. And I, I do have a little bit of an issue. I felt that in Infinity War, was always the thing of, like, wait, how strong is Thanos without the stones, right? And apparently, he's, he, he's Thor, Thor strong, strong without the stones. He's maybe he's stronger than Marvel. Thor yeah. because he Which, starts to put Stormbringer into Thor. Yes, yeah, so this was something that, I mean... You know, it's still... We don't know much about Thanos' race yet. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to do an Eternals movie. coming up, definitely, you know, in the next phase. Um, in the comics, Thanos is from Titan. He's the from the race of Eternals from Titan, mm-hmm. who are an offshoot of the Eternals from Earth. Um, in the, the comics, yeah. the Eternals were a group that were... Um, a, it was humanity that was evolved by the Celestials. Um, but throughout history, because they're immortal, um, they often were mistaken for the Greek gods. Because in the, in the Marvel comics, you have, just like you have the Norse gods, you have the Greece, Greek gods. So I think it's actually a really interesting thing that they're doing. Instead of doing a whole other version of the Greek gods, they're just flat out saying, any stories you have of Greek gods were actually the Eternals. Mm-hmm. And the reason I know they're doing it that way is because they have said, or I've heard at least, that they're doing Hercules in the Eternals movie. Yeah, and he's a character that I've fallen in love with all over again with that new Avengers yeah. like yeah. miniseries that they just did. Yeah. Which isn't a miniseries because the numbering is in order with the Avengers line. Oh, is it? The, the, okay, so 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 whenever you look at a Marvel comic today, yeah, you have the it, there's a legacy number. There's a number of like the, whatever they reset it recently, but there's a legacy number. The most recent No Way Home or whatever it's called on the... On no the, Road Home. No Road Home on the Avengers miniseries that has Hercules is a pretty like big figure in that story. Oh, yeah. So much of it is about Hercules becoming a different type of well, hero well, that has legacy numbers. Well, here's legacy the thing. Numbers, this, this book is a direct sequel right. to the Avengers was just weekly. Right. So. But I was putting them in my boxes and the legacy numbers fall in right after the vampire storyline in the regular Avengers. Do all ten fit that way? Yeah. So it's there in order? Yeah. And so the, so the, the Avengers book... The Avengers issue that came after the Vampire one jumps ten. Okay. And they all fit. 
Okay, that, that's, that's it's good to pretty know. awesome. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, so Geekscape is when you're away. putting away those comic books and they're Marvel. Take a look at those legacy yeah, numbers. Great. That'll keep you from having to go to Wikipedia. Yeah. So so anyway, um, dealing with with you know not going too far off on that tangent. Um, so. Thanos is fine, quote-unquote God, cosmic-powered being, you know, so he is very strong. He's knocking around. It's a crazy fight. Um, it's huge, huge. I mean, they're first fighting him, then he pulls out, you know, um, he has, you know, all, all the other bad guys coming. Um, but, but Captain that, Marvel yeah, shows up. Dude, before that shit, when, when it's literally the four of them fighting, all those moments, like, like Iron Man being like, power me up, and yeah. Thor hits him with lightning and right. freaking gives but, him a super sign blades. Then, then Cap pulls me on the air. Dude, when you see Stormbringer going in, Stormbreaker, Stormbringer, when you see it going into Thor's chest, and you're like, oh, he's about to kill Thor, yeah. and then all of a sudden Mjolnir hits him, and you're like, who the fuck threw that? And there's Cap. That is when you got the biggest blast in the theater. Like everyone yes. went nuts. And you have Cap sitting there, and he's swinging the freaking thing. He's full on Thor in it. And I'm, he calls down the lightning. I'm ready to just be like, "This is where Cap dies. This is the because a couple times Thanos, I thought it, dude. When Thanos starts, is hitting him, when Thanos starts breaking the shield, yep. into pieces, which which is a callback to Tony's vision in in uh, Age of Ultron, for sure, for sure. When he starts breaking the shield, I'm getting horrified. I'm like, I mean, he tosses Cap around, and I'm sitting here being like, you know what, Cap's doing his best, but this is a big problem. Yeah. This is bad. Meanwhile, back in the building that is falling apart, so, you have the nebula so thing going back and forth. So let's talk about Cap being worthy. Um, there was a theory back around Age of Ultron is maybe Cap could have done it, and he just didn't do it just to be, you know, humble, and he knew he could have and just didn't pick it up. But the other theory that kind of I feel like works for, the, for what the Roosters have done since Civil War is that Cap not telling Tony about his father, keeping that secret about Bucky, was the one thing that like he was mostly worthy, but that held him back. And mm-hmm. since he's admitted it and he's apologized and everything else, Cap is fully worthy. Sure. So it, it, it's an interesting take. Yeah. Um, it's one or the other, obviously. I mean, he's, it's getting pretty bad out there. What I, but what I love is that, is that you also have that moment inside with Gamora mm-hmm. where like, she tells Nebula, like, there's another option here. And Nebula's like, I'll never be that. And then they end up killing Guardians 1 Nebula. Mm-hmm. And it's... Well, Nebula, Nebula kills Guardians 1 That's Nebula. pretty great. Right. That's pretty incredible. So... The battle's going. It's getting bad. Um, they're fighting. It looks like the odds are against them. Uh, Tony gets into it. Tony does the fake. And he gets, he gets the gauntlet. Well, I mean, dude, you're skipping so many amazing moments of that fight oh, sequence. Keep going, keep going. All I'm saying is, when yes, when at what point does Thanos call in his horde? He's fighting them, he's and it's, fighting them. it's starting to be overwhelming with Cap and all of it, and Captain Marvel shows up, you know, busts through. Well, the, first off, he call, like Thanos calls in his army. Right. But then you get, because I mean, we can't skip this moment. We can't skip the moment where all the Doctor Strange spinnies yeah, yeah. start showing up. On your left. And you've got 
all of well, these well, Avengers but, no, showing but, up. No, but, but I'm not skipping it because Tony has to use the stones before that. Tell me how. How do they show up without Tony bringing them back? That was from the Hulk bringing them back. Oh, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's my bad. Yeah. No. Right. right. Hulk no. brought them back. Hulk yes. brought them back. Yes. Hulk, Hulk brought them back. Hulk brings Hulk's them back. back. Yes. And I'm I'm watching the Cap Thor because the Cap Thor fight in 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 the Iron Man fight isn't going well. No. It is. No. Yes. I think like it is right before like yeah they're fighting they're they're fighting Cap, and they're Cap's losing. about done and then Cap's Cap hear, about done. Cap hears he hears the the Falcon Falcon come say, through. Uh, coming through and yeah. In the whole time they're fighting Thanos, and the whole time Hulk is trying to get out from under the building, and the whole time this nebula thing's going on, and then and Thanos then unleashes his horde, and I'm just like sitting here going, "This is fucking bad." Yeah. But Hulk brought him back. Where are they? Right. I'm and just then, waiting for Spider-Man. I'm waiting see, for Spider-Man to swing through. You, I'm waiting for them to show up. I'm like, guys, Cap's about to die. Right. And then you get the fucking Falcon flying through. You just hear it on the on, speaker. It's like on your left. Hey, it's Sam. And I'm like. Oh thank God! The audience cheered when Sam flew in. No, but but the line, the line on your left. On your left. Oh my God! The call. This is such a great script, and you just have the. I mean, At, Marcus and Feely did such an amazing job on this. Whoever is put in with them, this is such an awesome script. Again, I can't say enough how much of this. Well, the best is, thing is everyone comes letter. through, and then they give Cap the line. They freaking come through. You've got army versus army. You see every Avenger you wanted to see that wasn't the Defenders. <laughs> I was really hoping to see a defender here or there. Um, and then here you go. Avengers. Assemble. Oh, my God. The audience fucking loses their shit. The audience, that was the biggest cheer yes. of the night. Yes. Avengers Assemble was the biggest cheer of the night. It was insane. Every hero now has their moments. Like, you've got Spidey swinging through. You've got the, the you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp coming in and trying to reactivate the second time machine, which is the little... Roach Coach Van. <laughs> like, you've got all these sequences that are just awesome. There's just, and by the way, and, 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 even. And even that, it's, it's a great sequence of them working together, popping up, she's flying, you know. It's, yeah, it's Valkyrie's awesome. saving Spider Man. They're throwing things back and forth. Tony's in the middle of it. Tony and Peter have their great little moment in the middle of this thing. Um, and, and it's violent, and they start firing missiles again on it. And it's during the missile firing when things are just getting really bad. The 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 um, the different the, the the I don't want to call them mages. They're, they're well, no, it's Doctor Strange well, and Wong. Yeah, the the, but, the mages put up the shields. I don't even want to call them mages because it's no more. What do they say? No more. Uh, what is it that that? Um, well, they're sorcerers. Yeah, no more sorcerers. So you see the sorcerers. I want to call them sorcerers. Yeah. See so the sorcerers throwing up the shields. And then she gets really bad when the dam bursts or the lake starts pouring on mm-hmm. him. And so you get Dr. Strange trying to hold that back. And that's a bad moment because there's a fight on the glove. And Thanos is probably going to get that glove. That's and, by the way, and it, it's interesting that now it's on the right hand. Yeah. So, so you're sitting here, you're watching this. That's a point I did not notice. Um... You have this fight for the glove. It's it's going back and forth. It's not well because this, these missiles are landing everywhere. You've got this horde coming out. And even though we have all these heroes back, it may not be enough. No. And then all of a sudden you see Captain Marvel show up right in the nick of time. She has, she has a, a way of doing that. And just start punching through the ship. Right. <laughs> I love that. She's just punching through it like it's made out of wet paper. 
And now we get to see it. Now we get to see Thanos versus Captain Marvel. Which is awesome. And when he headbutts her and her head doesn't even move, I was like, hell yes. <laughs> yeah. But she's not enough. Well, because he pulls the power stone he out of the gauntlet. He pulls the power stone out of the gauntlet, which her. is so smart. He yeah. pulls it out, uses like a fucking knuckle and just smacks her with it. And it sends her flying. It was a super smart move. Yeah. Way to go, Thanos. But now he's got the stone. He throws it back in there. And we got ourselves a problem. Talk to me about the moment where Tony looks up and sees Steven. Because earlier in the fight, Tony asked Steven if this is the timeline that he saw where they win. And Steven says, awesome. if I tell you, I tell you it, it won't, won't happen. happen. Now you've and got a little bit a of a moment where Tony's going to go and Doctor Strange. What do you mean he's going to go? He's about to jump in and Doctor Strange puts his hand up. Like a one minute. Like he's waiting for the cue because it's the timing is so important. Mm-hmm. And he's and literally this Lily, it's a beat where it's like, all right, it's not your time yet, not yet, now. Right. And Tony goes out to Thanos, and you don't. I mean, you've seen this happen. You don't think there's much to you know. There, there, there's much he can do. Thanos pretty much already has the Infinity Gauntlet on his freaking hand. But there's one thing that we didn't account for. Stark built it. Yeah. This, this gauntlet is a Stark Industries gauntlet. Did you see the switcheroo? You don't see it. You don't see you just, it. You just have to know is it, it's some combination between sleight of hand to Tony having some way to do it, but it's his, you know? It's his machine. And, 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 and Thanos and, looks up and snaps his fingers, and it's a thud. It's a thud. That was awesome. And he says, I am inevitable, to which you have the setup for the, the biggest moment that is in the biggest love letter to the like final the, the last 12 years you get it the fucking culmination of the first movie oh my god and you knew it was going to come out of his mouth and it was perfect yep I'm Iron, I'm Iron Man and boom and that sad thing is Tony can't take power like that and it was awesome yep and seeing Thanos and his horde start to disappear was pretty Great. So let's but talk you about knew this. it was going to come at a cost. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about Tony. Because, well, no, actually, I want, to talk, talk about, about? I want to talk about Thanos' horde disappearing. Because I came out of the movie with a, if they die here, putting the stones back doesn't fix it. But there's a theory out there. They disintegrate, seemingly, but it doesn't mean they died. Maybe it means that Tony used the stones to put them back into their timeline. Sure. Because that fixes it, right? I don't know. Yeah, Tony's way. whole driving motivation is to maintain the timeline for Morgan. Mm-hmm. His daughter, yeah. So then the motivation would be he's not killing them because that doesn't maintain the timeline. He's putting things back to maintain the timeline. What's your wish? Well, his wish is to maintain the timeline. So that's what he wished, and that's what he did. Right. He maintained the timeline. But does he put him back with knowledge? Because no, they can't have knowledge because that doesn't maintain the timeline. Right. But our heroes came back from being disintegrated, and they had knowledge. They had knowledge of that wish was bringing everyone back to that five years later from exactly where they were. Right. Right. So their knowledge was what was happening to them right before they disintegrated. They were fighting Thanos and Thanos' forces. Right, but all I'm saying is Thanos doesn't show up where he got removed from the timeline having just been fighting Captain Marvel. No, it has to reset him to before they got there and Nebula and all that. So you think we might see him in a future movie one day? No, 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 he died. He died. He died at the beginning of the movie. 
Got it. He set him back then. Right. He put him back to the beginning of the movie with right. his head lopped Rem- off. Oh, you went to the bathroom. Professor Hulk explains that these whole ideas of the future that in these movies are stupid because you can't have it that someone goes back in time and changes something, they change it, because if that happens, then they never were able to go back in time to do it. Tell me again. Well, Professor Hulk says, and this has always been the paradox, whenever you have a time travel story where someone comes from the future and they go back in time and they change things, and then everything's different afterwards, it doesn't work because then they never went back. Right. Right. The events that led to them going back would have never happened. So, So he says, so... It, it can't work like that. Okay. So the point is that they maintain the timeline. If Tony wished them back, it, it, it's back to what the ancient one said about if you put the stones back, none of it, you know, it's all fixed. Right. It still happened. The, the loop is closed. He closes the loop. Got it. So fine, yes, everything happened and the Infinity Stones happened and all that happened. They used the past Infinity Stones back, but then the Infinity Stones were put back and everything was fixed. And the nature of the Infinity Stones to affect reality, their, their purpose about maintaining reality, any little ripples they should sort of smooth out. I don't know if that's enough to fix Loki in 2012 or not. When he walks away with the test track. You know, because I feel like maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The idea being that, well, if, they, if they're fixing time travel ripples, then if that's truly their ultimate function then that can't be, so maybe they do that as long as they're all intact, you know, and in the reality. Okay. You know? Got it. So that's the one place I'm going to grasp, but I I do think that, I think that explanation is what works for Thanos, because Thanos and Gamora, you know, um, now here's the one problem with that. The one problem with that is the Gamora from then came forward, so she's not there in 2015. Mm-hmm. Or did she go back? I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of trying to catch up here. But We don't have an answer at the end of the movie. We know she's missing. And I love the scene where Peter tries to kiss her. No. <laughs> but we don't have an answer for, did Tony send her back? Did he kill everyone? Or did he send them back? If he sent them back, maybe he sent her back too. Right. But what does that do for us for Guardians 3? And I love Which that I'm calling Guardians 3 the search for Gamora. Yeah, because she's you know? not so in they, the, And then yeah. Guardians 4, they're going to save the whales in another time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to see uh, Drax swimming with humpback whales. Or with, I think Thor. Uh, you're going to see Thor <laughs> swimming with whales. Um, okay, so the Gamora stuff's interesting. I love that it's not the Gamora that Peter lost, that, that Thanos sacrificed. So when Peter tries to get fresh with her, they ha- they're not a, they're well, not there, man. Well, well, what's sort of great about that is you've had that arc, and you know there's that, always that argument about okay, you have the chemistry, you know it's fiery, you mm-hmm. put them together, and it's over, and now they've kind of reset that, right? Yeah, not only have they reset that, but Gamora's cognizant through Nebula that she ends up with Peter. Right. It was either her, the, him, or, or the, the tree. tree. Right. And so that was hilarious. Um, By the way, what one great hysterical little note. When they're in Asgard, you know, Rocket and Thor, and all the As- other Asgardians think Rocket's a rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Thor called them. Right. Yeah. That's what they, they don't see the difference. They don't see the difference. Um, 
I wanted to see a dark elf. I definitely wanted to see a dark elf in that sequence. Oh, the other thing I love, I love Rocket and Hulk together because Rocket's first appearance, uh, actually, was it his first appearance or one of his early appearances? He, he's in a bunch of Hulk comics. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's a cool thing. Um, okay, so Tony. So Tony did the big deed. Um, it's not what I expected going into the movie. No, usually, but again, yeah. we got so much closure. We they really they really did a great job with Tony Stark's arc. You know, going from the first movie all the way through, they do a really good job of that. You know, his story was done. Mm-hmm. I mean, would it be great to still see him show up? Sure, but but it works. Yeah, and, and you, totally ha- I mean. Pepper is in the what, what armor do you call that? She's rescue. in rescue. Yeah, she's, she's in, in rescue, rescue which is great. A uh, friend of ours commented to me that he felt that, that wasn't earned. I disagreed completely. I said, that the rescue no. stuff wasn't earned. Well, yeah, because it. But like, he's got the helmet earlier. Exactly, in the movie. he got the helmet. He designed it. She's like, well, she you said she doesn't wear it. It's like, yeah, but she's not an idiot. Yeah, the world's, the world's ending. She's going to fucking on. put it up. She has the armor, and just because we don't see it doesn't mean that they haven't worked with it together, that she hasn't used armor before. Yeah, I totally know, bought that five she years. Put it Absolutely. On. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally felt that way too. You know, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, that was one of my problems after Iron Man 3, that we don't see mm. more of that. Right? You also got the Iron Spider in full effect. That was awesome. Yeah. When Peter just starts slashing everybody. Kill mode. Total kill mode. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so Tony's gone. Tony's gone. Um... I got to tell you, one of my top five moments of the entire movie is Happy Hogan with Morgan. That's great. Which I think might have been an improv scene. Really? Well, the cheeseburgers line is just so sweet. But the cheeseburger line is a callback tell to me. the first Iron Man. When, when, when he comes back from when, he, at, when he's first, when they first find him, and uh-huh. he, really wants, he wants hamburger. I love it. I love it. She, that, that little girl who played Morgan mm-hmm. in both the scene where he's cursing and the scene, that scene, great. the Happy Hogan scene, like John Favreau, thank you for being the man, because that is so sweet. I'm going to give that you all the great. cheeseburgers you want. Yeah. And that, I love that. If I, if I was close to crying, that would have been the scene that got me crying was. Oh, I cried several times. That stuff. Um, I don't know why they're sending off, <laughs> I don't know why they floated away his first. Proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Proof that Tony Stark have a heart, has a heart. You'd probably, it's, it's that whole memorial I know, thing. I, right? know, I know. I know. It's a little. I was like, you know what? That on the mantle. Okay, we got yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I know. I, I feel like I would have left it on the mantle. I would have left it on the mantle, but it was nice imagery. You get to see all the different franchises mm-hmm. one at a time <laughs> because the Guardians are standing together. And, and you've the kid, got the kid definitively was the kid from Iron Man Three. Okay, even the same actor. So he's you, now older. It's great. So you've got. I love that you start to see all the different franchises together. You start to see the Guardians together. You see the Ant-Man squad together. You get to see um, Falcon and Bucky together. <laughs> it kind of like goes back and forth between them all. Just mm-hmm. kind of be like taking taking inventory of what we still have to come in the Marvel Universe. And, and um, of, co- of course Nick Fury. And of course it ends on Nick Fury, who we know from trailers is in Spider-Man Home, uh, Far From Home. As is Hogan, Happy Hogan. Okay. Let's talk about So, so Kevin Feige has Kevin definitively Feige. said, by the way, that Far From Home is the end of this phase, right. not Endgame. Right. I read and that article he, you said. He's even saying that um, they won't even talk, they're not going to talk about what comes next, or even whether they're even going to be at Comic-Con, which I'm sure they are, until after Far From Home comes out. Yeah, they can go to Comic-Con just as a publisher for the most part. And they can also go to Comic-Con well, and just he, be homecoming. He, but he, He's just... 
well, the homecoming comes out before Comic Con. I know. So he's just not saying it because to say they're going to Comic Con is to acknowledge the movie's coming out, and he doesn't want to do it. But they are. Yeah, movies but, are coming out, buddy. So, so should we talk about? And if movies aren't coming out, you you guys have for well, we sure announced uh, Disney Plus. We know, we know we know movies are coming out. We know Disney Plus. Um, so. Let's talk about Cap, and then okay. let's talk about all these different spin-offs because Disney Plus well, I, I, is presenting I, 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 some I stuff. I want to say something about the time travel. We haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. So, because you know the whole five year later thing. Um, first, let's acknowledge so Far From Home comes out. Where it's only two months, not even right, or is it? It's uh, just over two months. It's the beginning of July, um, which is awesome. Um, so I think we're going to get some more answers in that. I think that what we have to assume as convenient as it is, that all the core cast of the kids that were Peter's age are all were in the snap. Yeah, because I, I, I go... I, when I, when you cut the only to, way when it you cut, works. When you cut to Peter and he's back in his high school right. and he looks up and sees his friends, I wanted them to pan and then I wanted Genki, Norman, sure. Ned, right. Ned, whatever. You, I wanted them to cut to Genki and have him like a college kid. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because... I was like, wait, why aren't a lot of these kids five right. years older? And Heidi finally was like, they probably died too. Right. <laughs> it's the only way that would work. It's the only way it works. It yeah. has to be, you know, that, that handful. I mean, listen, 50-50 odds, right? Yeah. So that'll be all of them. Odds. Which, by the way, maybe justifies the whole, all right, together we're going away together. We're just... We're going to go to Italy. We're going to see that soon. So I think we're definitely going to get a bunch of answers there. The other thing I wanted to say that's kind of interesting is, look, for the most part, these Marvel movies have kind of worked in the real world chronologically. Infinity War to Endgame, a year went by chronologically, but you know, so it started off 22 days and they jumped five years. I think that the idea of, oh, well now it's 2023, we're bothered by that. It might work fine sure. for the future movies because it's just going to be, well, great, okay, odds are. We'll I catch mean, up to them. This is what's coming. Black Widow is going to be like an origin movie, so it's a prequel. Okay, yeah. um, Eternals is going to be a cosmic movie, so it doesn't even fucking matter. These movies have not been officially been announced, by the way. I know, I know. That's what Kevin Feige said these movies have not been yeah. officially announced. So we're getting Eternals. Um, how does that movie work? How does it work in this MCU moving well, forward? Well, that's hard to say right now because Geekscape. We didn't talk about Cap, but you guys know from having watched the movie. God, I hope at this point you've seen the movie. Um, that Cap now aged himself out. He went back. He was he spent he, a life with Cap, with Peggy. And Captain he gave, America doesn't affect Eternals. Yeah, and Eternals he gave, is a cosmic. I'm just, I'm just setting the board for our conversation we're, that we're about to have. And he gives the shield to to Sam, and okay. Sam is now Falcon America. So I will say I'm still struggling with Cap going back to 1945. Doesn't work for Agent Carter. You're the best. You're the best. What do you mean? Because that makes so much sense. How do we know Cap didn't go back to 1945? Maybe 1950s? Yeah, and not, and not reveal himself until 1950. Right. Well, that's just it. That, that's the trick. Is it, that, that, that's my problem. Because it can be... We know Peggy got married and had kids. We never saw him. So I feel like the idea here is that she married him. Yeah, we see the letter. That's who it is. And um, he doesn't say it because it's just, he's pretty much spent all these years being secret. Mm -hmm. It was like this secret relationship thing that he had to have, right? Because he couldn't mess with the timeline. 
Peggy, if anyone could do it, Peggy could do it. It's a little weird. Her aunt, you know, her niece never met him, but okay. You know, but again, yeah. anyone that would recognize him. And that's Sharon Carter? Yeah. Yeah, we don't see Sharon in this right. movie. But anyone, yeah, she gets, yeah. But, but anyone that would recognize him couldn't know he's alive, couldn't sure. see him, right? Sure. So, um, you know, I guess we could have Cap tell Peggy, yeah, you know, you're going to make, you know, she's going to be an agent and just encourage her, you know, and it doesn't really screw up the timeline. She's going to do that anyway. Sure. You know? So um, I, I think that, that that's just that we have to accept it. I mean, obviously he's with Peggy. We know that the timeline stays intact. So Peggy had those kids. Nothing's changed in the movie The Winter Soldier. Is it a little weird that, you know, she's dying and he's not at the bedside or at the funeral? Well, he knows when he in the past showed up. So mm-hmm. he makes sure he's not there. Yes, he can't be at memorial service. That is what it is. Okay, so let's talk... Now let's talk about the movies that have been like rumoredly cast, like Angelina Jolie, Angelina Jolie and, and, Eternals. and Eternals, along with yeah, Hercules will be in that. Yeah, and we got, uh, and, and we also should mention that Thor is now a Guardian of the Galaxy. So presumably, and I mean, I already wanted that movie, but totally Thor in that movie—that's awesome. That'll be so much fun. Um. I got to think, as much as they say, oh, it was gun script, I think that what they did in Infinity War, I mean, mind you, he saw, you know, he knew what was happening in Infinity War. Presumably, he would have known it would end up that way, so maybe he was always planning that, you know? But I just thought it was interesting that he's an EP on this movie. He wasn't an EP on the last one. No, I think, I mean, they were pretty prominent, those EP credits at the end of this one. Um, So I I felt like that's like, okay, he's fully involved, and that's the conversation, and that's what they're doing, you know? And, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. So um, let's talk about what we got announced, rumoredly. Like, we got this Eternals movie. We've got... We have Eternals. Black Panther 2. We have Black Panther. We have Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, yeah. That one we has have Doctor director. Strange 2. Yep. Um, Captain Marvel 2 is pretty much a given. Black Panther 2. And we said that. Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, so, um... And we have Gardens 3, which has... Gardens 3. Yeah. We have a third Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we have a bunch of movies that we know. Yep. Which have none, none of them have been officially announced. Yeah, they're not to officially Kevin announced, yeah. but we, we know these movies. Yeah, they're going to happen. Black Widow's literally like shooting any day now. Yeah. Just because they haven't officially announced it. And that's an it. origin story. I'm telling story. you that's happening. That's yeah, an origin story. That's an origin story, so it's a prequel. But on so the, then, then on Disney+, Plus, we have WandaVision. It's not Scarlet Witch Vision anymore. Yeah, so the WandaVision thing, you have that scene with Clint and, and, and Wanda at the side of the, 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 the water, and they're talking about the people that they've missed. He's talking about uh, Natasha. She's talking about the Vision. But the whole time I watched that scene, I was like, we're going to get a Vision series on Disney+. Plus." Well, it might be that, you know, Shuri said she was pretty much ready to recreate him. That's right. They So it might be that it's just that simple that, okay, now Shuri's not dead and she recreates him. She yes. needs a minute. And they downloaded his consciousness right. in the last one. So, yeah. so it might be that simple. I read somewhere something about some reference to them being in the 1950s for part of WandaVision. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. Okay. Uh, but you know, by the way, but they maybe see 
was never clear to me that you actually have the android human torch's body in Captain America the First Avenger. Right. But it didn't seem like they used it in that, Age of Ultron. Yeah, I was just thinking that if you put something in the 50s, you might have the fire Johnny Storm looking android Yeah, may, maybe they yeah. put the memories into the body. So, so anyway, there's a few ways that can go. Okay. Um, obviously, the other answer could be that it, it takes place, you know, uh, in between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. I hope not. Yeah. No, I hope but, this is moving forward. But it, it, it could be that. Okay. Um, we got Loki, the... I understood to be a miniseries. That's um, a lo- we have a Tom Hiddleston so, Loki series. So, you know, I heard that you know, that might be something like maybe Loki through the ages causing mischief. But obviously this movie may have set up something different. He now has it. He does have the Tesseract. Right. So, so maybe he's. This is a way of saying he's not dead. Unclear, you know. Okay. Um, but I think that, that causes a mess. As I said before, I think that we have to go with that was sort of undone. But, but why do it? Why put it in there if right. not, you know? Um, the Hawkeye series is definitely Hawkeye training Kate Bishop and passing it along. Um, How do you know that? That's been said. Okay. Um, the question is, is Hawking in the whole show, or is it pretty quickly he passes it along? Okay. You know, is, it, is he in a whole season? I mean, you know, they've done, that, they've done that book both ways. Okay. You know, most recently they just finished a run of West Coast Avengers with both Hawkeyes in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's what that is. So we get the movies, we get the Disney Plus, mm-hmm. we have a, a Falcon Bucky series. Right, which now I'm wondering... They announced it as Winter Soldier Falcon, but maybe it's Winter Soldier Captain America. Sure. That's what I was thinking. Right. And that, I mean, watching Sam get that shield. Oh, oh by the way. And that, having Bucky be like, go talk uh, to him. One other little thing I'm struggling yeah. a little bit with is, where'd that shield come from? Well, so. He was, he, he was Well, the him. shield got destroyed. Right. So what shield is it giving him? It's a brand new. There's been like four shields already. So did Captain America... Go to at some point go to Wakanda and get another punk of vibranium to make another one. I hope so. I mean, I mean I, maybe. What else are they using all that stuff for? I just I don't. They're know. just chilling. I just don't know when he could have done it. They're just chilling in Wakanda. I'm now. just saying. Presumably, I don't know. Howard Stark made it. I don't know. I don't know where the other one came from. Right. That's all I'm saying. I wanted to see the the, the shield integrate a Falcon symbol on it. Well, have, like, that just takes another paint job. Yeah, and you know so. what? That means he's still Falcon. He's Captain America. Right. We're going to get a red, white, and blue Falcon, and it's going to be pretty cool. Yes. Um, all right, buddy. What else are we going to talk about? Because that's it. I mean, um, we worked our way into the Yeah, I mean, there, there are a couple of little things. Um, oh, you know, the line when uh, right before Cap goes back with Bucky... You know, the whole, don't do anything stupid, how can I, you're taking all the stupid with you, was a callback to the first Captain America movie, mm-hmm. when Bucky's gone to war. Okay. You know, so that, that was a good one. Um, what else? I think we covered, a, we did a pretty good job. <laughs> um, the Geeks gave us, will tell you if not. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to go see the movie again tomorrow. I'm going to see it again tomorrow. I'm going to try and find a way to see it in the next week or two. Um, I loved this movie Geekscape so I'm guessing you loved this movie too um, I think Ian has a little, has more quibbles or concerns than I do but those are also minor because well I, wor- I worked through a lot of them yeah the time travel stuff the, my, 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 my big yeah my big one was wiping out Thanos and everyone but if he does, if he didn't destroy them if he just sent them back 
which works since he was so concerned about saving Morgan. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, Geekscapists, this has been the Avengers Endgame special. Ian, I know we can find you on Twitter and Facebook. I know you're on there. I know you're Ian J. Kerner. No. Ian L. Kerner. Yeah. I know you're Ian L. Kerner <laughs> on Twitter. I know that you jump around on the Geekscape Forever Facebook group and on the Geekscape page on, on Facebook. Geekscape is, you can find us all over the place. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and uh, all of it. And I, I think my, our good friend Derek Cranevelt is launching a brand new podcast this coming Wednesday on the Geekscape Network all about Xbox games. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to that one. Um, we have a lot of stuff that we're working on here. We're editing some things. Uh, we are going to be presenting some of them at Comic-Con this summer. Ian will be there. Um, and, yeah, no, this, this is a very busy time for Geekscape, and it's an exciting time to be a part of it. Uh, so if you want to be a part of it, if maybe your friend recommended you to this podcast and you were kind of down with it, and you're like, oh, I learned a bunch of stuff that I didn't know before, um, keep recommending it to your friends. Leave us a nice review on whatever podcatcher you're using this or getting this through, and um, damn, we're here all the time. And so we will be back very, very soon, because Ian, we've got ourselves an X-Men movie coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking about the end of phases and universes. We have to go see it. We gotta go, buddy. I want to see it. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, we'll see it. We got ourselves an X-Men movie coming up, Mm -hmm. and then, as we talk about the future of the MCU... Spider-Man Far From Home. Far From Home. And you know we're setting the stage for some X-Men and some Fantastic Four coming to the MCU, buddy. It's not going to be for a while. But it's not going to be come before a while. But it's going to get there. Exciting time. We just got to keep ourselves from stepping off the wrong curb as we cross the street. Geekscapists, we love you. For Ian Turner, over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 